Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shut the Fuck Up, We're Not Done Talking Yet. Today is April the 2nd, 2020. Hey, Danielle. Hi, Sharla. Ah, how you doing? Um, I, I'm actually pretty well. Um, I just spent some time on the phone telling you, or sorry, on Zoom here before we started, is how I am incredulous about people I know and people everywhere not taking this seriously. And I'm doing my best to come to the acceptance phase. It's sort of like, I think it's like death, this stress thing. So it starts out of, um, yeah, it starts out like, pan it starts out shock or shock, yeah. shock, panic, anger. I don't know. I'm missing one. Anyway. Yeah. It's uh, bargaining. We forgot bargaining. Oh, you know, high stages of grief. One of them is bargaining. Were you well, like? Did you say, "God, take me instead"? Um, if only, blah blah. I'll do X, Y, Z. I think people are bargaining with themselves, though. Things like, "Well, I'll be really good, and I won't go to the grocery store, except I'll only go to the grocery store if I really need toilet paper." and I'll wear gloves and a mask and I won't, you know, people like you make these little deals with yourself like, uh, like for me, I'll go on the bike trail and take a walk. But if somebody comes too close, I'll step off the trail and keep a six feet. This, I mean, there's like lots of bargaining or you bargain with your spouse about how hardcore to be about all these rules and things, you know, like when we have food delivered, my husband has set up a whole thing. He brings the food into the garage and cleans the packaging and empties things into fresh containers. Like he saw something on YouTube about how hospitals bring food into hospital kitchens. And so that got him started. Yeah. Cool. So he's, he's, he's been extremely hardcore through this whole thing. But yeah, I think you're right. It is like, it, it's like five stages of grief because it, it all happened so fast. And it was like kind of shocking how quickly it happened. Yeah, it happened so quickly. California. Yeah, and Cal everywhere, California, New York State, like blew up like nobody's business. And um, what I what I am saying, and I'm, I, it's, again, it sounds so preachy luxury, but with, we had um, China as predecessors and then Italy like coming down hard before the rest of Europe went crazy before um, US, right? And all they kept saying is, you gotta stay home and you have to quarantine and way beyond social distance. They're like, you can't even go out. Right. Or this is gonna be as fucking bad. We can say fuck on our own show, fucking bad as it was here. And the still the ignorance and okay, so there's those wacko COVID deniers in various places. So they had a rally in Nashville to protest social distancing and stay close together. It was either Nashville or Louisville. Oh gosh, I think it was Louisville, but I could be wrong. Any case. Uh, <laughs> in any case, there are a bunch of morons. Well, it's like there's this pastor who continued to preach at these this big mega church and i think a thousand people attended both you know in total of the two services and he got arrested 
and he was charged with a misdemeanor and fined five hundred dollars and let go. You know, and he he deliberately helped put all these people at risk. Although I would have to say, all the people who attended did the same damn thing. They put themselves and others at risk just as much as the minister did. Totally. Yeah, these people that are saying, oh, they're they're their First Amendment rights, or maybe it's second, I forget, whichever the one is, freedom of religion, somehow that that's being trampled on. And that's just so stupid. Plus, there's just just this general, it's anti-science. And it's kind of like, oh, the Democrats whipped this up, like it's some hoax that the Democrats came up with. That's just so crazy. What are you going to say? People like that, honestly, I don't know how you can reason with them. But, um, and then there are those of us who are being super careful and uh, totally do the opposite. Yeah. And one of the reasons why you and I have to do the opposite or we feel that way is because everyone else isn't. So let's just stay home and not be in the shit show of what's out there. Yeah. No, How about that? How about because it's self-preservation and um, if people disagree with me, then they can think I'm crazy now. And if they don't, I just don't, I, I used to care. That's the thing. The other thing is that is interesting about this is that I am a person and always was a person who's very much concerned what people think of me. As opposed to you, Charlie, you could really give a shit what people think about you. And I love that. You're like, I'm going to the meeting in my pajamas. Like, that's awesome. And I'd be like, no, I have to have a cute outfit and my hair's done and I'm wearing hot shoes like blah, like I cannot give myself a break. And then one time I'm not, I'm shouting from the mountaintops that you are all out of your minds. And then people on Facebook, for instance, which is a problem to be on social media anyway, cause it's getting really stupid, but then they're like, you're crazy. And I don't, I still don't care. Or if a personal friend is like, yeah, I'm going to the store today, even though I shouldn't, then I'm like, and I go, please don't. And they do. So that's just an example of me really coming out of a place that I've been for 54 years. Yeah. And now you're like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I have to sell this. So I keep telling it, but if it's falling on deaf ears, then I'm telling you. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Well, you know what? You are right to try. Um, All you could, I think the thing is when you tell people this, it, it may actually have an impact. It may not be that obvious at that moment, but they, it will give them pause. They'll be like, huh, well, Danielle said it wasn't a good idea to go to the grocery store. I guess maybe I could rethink this. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think people at first, they're like, oh, you're overreacting. But like, it might dawn on them, especially if other people might say the same thing. But I have noticed on social media, there are these really interesting fights going on other people's pages that I, I witness, I try not to jump in. Don't jump in. I have got friends who have some really obnoxious friends who get on and are like being really rude and mean about it. But by this, I mean, they're just like, they keep saying um, they defend Trump, they defend Trump's handling of this. Um, if there's any criticism whatsoever of the way the federal government is handling it, people freak out because the federal government, of course, is Trump. And it's, it's sort of crazy because these are the same people who basically love to hate the federal government 
and talk about the deep state, but then seconds later, oh, but oops, they forgot Trump is actually the federal government. They have to defend it. It's really hilarious. You know. Okay, just a super fast question. Who are these people and why won't you unfriend them? They oh, actual good no. friends? My friends, yeah, these are my friends who I like and I, but they seem to have friends. Mm. And of course, you know, then you can see what's going on on their wall. And I want to jump in and defend my friends who are getting beaten up by some supposed friends of theirs, right? It's like, hey, you can talk that way to my friend. And I say, I want to say to my friend, you want to unfriend those people because I don't even know why. Maybe sometimes they're relatives, though. I don't know. Right. So you can't say anything. So don't say anything unless you want to, and you're going to get in a fight, right? I don't like to get in fights with strangers on Facebook. Um, a, it's a big fucking waste of my time. B, yeah. who knows who these people are and where they are. And yeah. I don't want them to know that I exist and, you know, they can track me down. Right. Yeah. This is an example from a really long time ago, but just on, on this topic is that my sister-in-law, when the Obama, when the Obamas, yes. I say when the Obamas got elected, but anyway, one of them got elected and the other one was our fantastic first lady. And this total piece of garbage was always arguing with her, with my sister-in-law about them because he was uh, right wing. Uh -huh. And then he called Michelle Obama a monkey. Uh -huh. And I, I went berserk and I said, Susan, you have got, she didn't use, she didn't unfriend him because she was trying to reason with a moron, right. racist, bigot piece of shit. She was just like, oh yeah, well, we'll just, you know, and then I finally I said, you have got to unfriend this man. He's revolting. She's like, yeah, I finally did. I'm like, who called? It's really? like the stupid people in England who called, uh, Prince, you know, Prince Harry's baby a monkey. Go. Honestly, I can't <clears throat> that people will do that in, in this day and age. Please. And, and they're proud of it though, honestly. All right. Now we're ranting. Um, I was going to share various things going on with you. Uh, yeah, so, okay, here's a couple of things that I've, I've been experiencing. Okay, first I saw on CNN, I saw Don Lemon tearing up because he was upset that his friend Chris, Cu Chris Cuomo has got coronavirus. And he was tearing up and he was saying it was really sad when he walks by the cubicle at work and Chris isn't there. And I, that was very touching. Then last night I saw Chris Cuomo. He was broadcasting from his basement and he had on um, this man who just lost his husband, a doctor in New York who died of coronavirus. And the husband really couldn't speak because he was crying so hard. And Chris Cuomo oh. was trying to comfort him and it was really upsetting. And it was also upsetting because uh, this doctor who's an experienced older doctor clearly didn't have the proper uh, protective equipment or he would have been able to protect himself because he would have known how he knows how to do that or he knew how to do that. So I, you know, I get very upset when I see things or hear things about doctors and nurses. Um, there's one I saw who was being interviewed, she was sobbing. She quit her job in New York. She quit her job because she could not 
continue to work and then go home to her family and possibly bring the virus home to her family. And so she, again, she didn't feel that she had the proper gear and it was unsafe. Yeah, and so like, I, 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 I find that so upsetting that these people who are putting themselves, themselves on the line are going into battle without the right protective gear. That is truly the worst. And that is happening many places, but we know it's happening in New York. I mean, that's the other thing. I feel like a lot of what we see in the media is only the tip of the iceberg. And, um, and I guess also just feeling like, gee, this is, this is so awful. And then kind of feeling like, yeah, but it's not over. It's not, we're still at the beginning. We still have months to go. You know. Curve's not flattened. It okay, like it, it's like a teeny bit flattened in in California, and they all told us that they shouldn't yeah. have. Because then everyone's like, "Oh, cool, it's gonna go out again." You know, California. I I do feel better. Like I feel like we've done a decent job, and we are having fewer deaths per capita than maybe New York. New York's really, really screwed. Interestingly, I talked to my dad. Okay, so my dad turned eighty nine on Sunday. So I called him and he was actually pretty upbeat. He had gotten a lot of cards. He's in um, assisted living. So they've been in like reverse quarantine uh -huh. for a couple of weeks now. This is in, this is in California, Missouri people, small town, three or 4,000 people. Um, this is a family run place. You know, maybe there's 20 people in there. They got on it. They just like did the reverse quarantine thing like a day or two before the state of Missouri told them to. All right, so, so far so good. Charlotte, can I ask you a question? What do you mean by reverse quarantine? Reverse quarantine is when they don't let anybody come in. So there are no visitors allowed. That's what yeah. they're doing in nursing homes. Yeah. Um, oh, that sounds so, like a quarantine. So it's called a reverse quarantine because they, I guess, I don't know. I don't think they can go out either, though. For some okay. reason, they call it reverse. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's more like, yeah, it's a good it's point. Okay. No, 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 it's okay. I believe you. I was just asking. Yeah, the staff can go in and out um, as they do, but there's no visitors. So my dad could not have anybody there for his birthday. Hmm. Interestingly, though, he told me there are already two cases of coronavirus in California, Missouri, which is two and a half hours west of St. Louis. And I don't know why it really shocked me that it had already gone into the middle of the country and into this small town. He also said he thought it was going to be another six months. And I thought, I don't know why he thought that, where he got that from. I mean, my father is pretty much a Trump supporter. And um, so anyway, it was sort of interesting. Gosh, can I just say something? Yes. I'm kind of sorry know. about your family. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I don't get it. You got out of there, babe. I'm happy for you. Yeah, I, yeah, I just don't get it, honestly. And it's like, you cannot say anything bad about Trump even though he says stuff that indicts himself. So like, I'm like, these, you know, I just don't get it. People are watching his press conference daily and they think he's doing a good job. And I'm like, why? 
he, he's all muddled. He says one thing one day and flips the next question mark. All right. Question mark. Moving on. Okay, here's another report from the Heartland. So my brother-in-law, who lives in St. Louis, decided to go get his daughter, who lives in Richmond, Virginia, my niece. And what they did is she drove herself and her cat, her, her new cat, Willow, they drove to West Virginia to some airport. And my brother-in-law and his sister drove from St. Louis to West Virginia in a rental Mercedes because my brother-in-law, Pete, loves cars. And I, he just wanted to be comfortable because this was like maybe a 20-hour drive round trip. So they rent this Mercedes in St. Louis. They set out at like 4.30 or 5 in the morning, drive to West Virginia, meet Kiki and Willow the cat in her car. And then they drive back and get home to St. Louis at 8.30 p.m. And, you know, my brother-in-law has already, this is his third rescue mission. First, he drove to Florida to get his sister and his mother out of Florida. Then he drove to Chicago to get Sophie, his daughter who was in college. Then he drove to West Virginia to get Kiki. So now they're all home and Willow the cat is brand new. So that's hilarious. But yeah, this is what some people are doing to get their family members under the same roof and keep them safe. So I really give Pete credit for doing that. All right, so that's another little report. No, that's a good report. That's a good report. I like yeah. it. Here's some interesting things my husband is doing. All right, as you know, toilet paper is not to be had. He found marine toilet paper. You know, for boats, I guess there's a special kind of toilet paper. It breaks up faster because um, on a boat, I think the little pipe is small. Maybe it's one inch versus the house pipe. It's three or four inches. At any rate, so he did find some marine toilet paper, and it's coming from a marine supply place. And then, okay, here's my favorite. Wait, can you, wait, hold on, hold on. When you get it, can you tell me if it's nice? Because I don't have any. Thank I you. will. I'll, and I'll, I'll let you know the secret spot that he ordered it from. Of course, I'm now revealing to everyone that this is a possible place. Yeah, I think to get things that are out of stock, you have to think outside the box. Like, where else could you get this object, right? So that he did. Okay. Then he did take a look at our toilet paper supply and decided it wasn't looking great. And so he ordered a Toto bidet toilet lid. Okay. <laughs> I love it. We happen to have a Toto toilet. Anyway. I like the way you say Toto rather than Toto like the dog. Like the dog, Toto too. So he orders this one. And it just, it, 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 he ordered it from Amazon and it got here in like two days. I guess that is considered an essential object to ship. Anyway, got here really fast. And the installation went great. Um, it turned out it popped right on there and we had the right electrical to run it. And this thing has got a heated seat. It'll heat the water. And it has a fan that will blow out any stinky smells through a filter. So this was like fire. Now, my husband once wrote an article about these things. 
because he used to write articles about construction and residential construction, right? So he secretly always wanted one and the pandemic just gave him an excuse. So it arrives, he installs it, and then it's not working because it's defective. <laughs> Either there's like a scene and something was broken. Yeah. And he had gotten it from this place in Alabama and there were only three left in stock. So he's pretty sure that it was, they knew it was broken. They just threw it in the box. And uh, so he had to go to, to UPS store yesterday and drop it off for, to return it. Ah, so short story is simply that we don't have one yet, but he's on it to find another one. Awesome. Well, you know what? He'll get it. Yeah. And I thought you, I thought you had already seriously um, hoarded way before that. Am I, am I out of my mind? No, no. We, I thought personally, I felt that we had plenty of toilet paper, but apparently he did not agree. And he's in charge. He's kind of like the purchasing department in our family. In our marriage. <laughs> he goes out and procures stuff. Right. So he's in charge of procurement and, and inventory management as well. Yeah, he took an entire closet out of his garage, cleaned it out, and has stocked everything in there so that he can keep track and it's all in one place. Yeah, he's, I'm telling you, he's having a ball. You said you were thriving. See, he's thriving also because he loves this sort of thing. Now you're thriving because why? Because you're enjoying being at home? Um, getting more I, done. I didn't realize that I don't, I think that I used to like going out and I especially like to go out to restaurants and get meals. Cause I think it's fun to dine out and I like the wine and all of that. And I like seeing people and I like sometimes like putting on high heels. Right. Right. But I have uh -huh. been pretty impaired by my depression and anxiety for s several years. I've, oh, I mean, it's always been there, but now it's, it just got so bad. So I just realized that the only thing that I like to go out for is my Thursday Nia class in Walnut Creek. And then a lot of times we used to have lunch, you and I, we used to have coffee at Phil's for like ever, which is why we made a podcast. That's true. And then <laughs> we got, we got lunch at True Food Kitchen sometimes. And then we go to your house and make a podcast, but then we had to like streamline that. And now you just give me tons of really nice leftovers out of your fridge or we have crackers and cheese, right? Exactly. Whatever's in there. Whatever's in there. And what, and then we make a podcast. And then I realized that those two things are what I love to do besides writing. So that's the other thing on Wednesday, I write from 10 to 12. Um, that I have another, we have another writing group that's twice a month and I just got into another writing group that's twice a week. So I am killing it. Um, as opposed to my old life where I just messed around and did all of those things badly with bad focus and, um, terrible, like attention span, like a dog who sees a squirrel, I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to do I am now sitting and taking care of what I need to do. I refused. Uh, it's not true. I cooked a few times since the apocalypse. I think I've cooked a few times, but otherwise Bob and I are having, you know, weird things for dinner, like 
tacos. Um, I like salads. I'm getting some fresh food. So I don't need to put my energy into things that I could just give a crap about. Done. Yeah. Well, that's good. Done. I am finding it hard to write because I, I, I can't get focused. I'm feeling very distracted by all of this. I think it's because I cannot relax enough and let go of all the thoughts of what's going on outside, right? It's kind of like there's this disaster unfolding. My life is going on pretty much as normal. And even certain things like I'll go out, I'll take a walk, I'll see people. That's not different from my normal life, except it sort of is different because I'll see there's different people out than my normal group. I will see families, people with kids, and we interact differently. So we'll all like wave at each other. And there's so it's weird. So it's kind of like there's this parallel thing going on. Normal life is going on right next to disaster, right? And so I th that part just seems so surreal to me. Um, it's hard for me to get out of my head what's going on outside that I don't see that's horrible, you know, unless I am tuned into television or I read the news. Um, and so I think I feel like I can't focus because my focus should be on the disaster, you know, instead on what I'm doing. But I mean, I don't know, some days I can really get, I can totally be productive and I'm catching up on projects. Uh -huh. Like, as you know, I found a, um, a fun fur scarf that I started knitting approximately five to 10 years ago. I'm not really sure. And apparently it was actually done. I just had never cast it off. And of course I had to look up on YouTube how to cast off because I couldn't remember but so, yeah, so I finished the scarf that, so just some funny things like that, finishing what is, up. What is not sucky about, I mean, sorry, what is sucky about that? Nothing is amazing. I just can't, I, there are other things like I could be working in my memoir, but I can't focus on it. I mean, I have focused on it some, but I do have the feeling I have a lot of extra time because I'm not going out for anything and I should be using it more wisely, but I think sometimes I'm just feeling depressed and low energy. And yeah, so I haven't, I haven't found it to be the most productive time, but I'm probably being too hard on myself. I probably think because I have like entire full days where I don't have any appointments that I should be this like super productive. But the reality is I cannot be super productive for eight hours a day. I don't, I lost that ability. Apparently I used to do it. Yeah. I mean, but, okay. So how about, <laughs> how about, how about changing your focus to, um, I'm accepting that I am not focused in accomplishing something eight hours a day, but you could do say what you did do. You know how you know like a gratitude list, like just say today or today you took my Nia class. Today we're making a podcast. Um, Wednesday you wrote, so I was going to ask you that. How was it for you to write? Oh yeah, at writing at a writing group when you feel you know not settled. Yeah, I realized I I 
found it really hard to write yesterday. I try. I was kind of just on the surface, you know, kind of like keeping it, my feelings a little at a distance. So I think that, that that was like, I'm just trying to act like things are normal. And I think also it's, for me, it's hard to write when I don't feel safe. And I think that I fundamentally do not feel safe with this pandemic. Not only the health issues, yes. but I just feel like a lot of bad shit's gonna go down. Um, don't know exactly what. I think there's going to be some civil unrest. Um, we're gonna have 20% of the people in the country unemployed. I mean, there's just like, there's gonna be a lot of bad things that happen that are coming and that I worry about them, you know? I, th I think like the fabric of our culture and our country is gonna be really, really stretched by this. So I'm worried about some, you know, there could be, like, I don't know if you saw this in Colorado, some self-appointed vigilantes were pulling people over on the highway. They had set up traffic cones, they had on like yellow slickers or whatever. They pulled people over and pretended to be cops and interrogated them on what they were doing out, that they should be home. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out they were not cops. They were just vigilantes. So there's like weird shit like that that I worry about. And, you know, guns are flying off the shelves, apparently. Did you know that in Florida, an essential service is guns and ammunition and even shooting galleries. We can go practice shooting. Those, are, those businesses are still open. Right, right. It's essential in Florida. And that's what, remember, remember a couple of shows ago, I read you a long post from my friend Toby in Shanghai where he's yeah. like, and that was one of his jokes, but he wasn't kidding. He said, in the Southern United States, guns are flying off the shelves and everyone's um, armoring up for something. Right. Um, because they have... It's like, it's like dystopian. We're, yes. we're, um, I, when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies was Planet of the Apes. And in this, you know, at the end of the first show, Charlton Heston <laughs> realizes that he's not on a planet, that he's on earth and that this has gone down. And the second movie, he goes underground. And, and then all of like the, the Terminator movies, um, and in many books, okay, I'm just doing movies for some reason because it's the visual, but like this is possibly an eventual outcome of absolute disarray and chaos about yeah. this, um, about not only, like you just said, the social fabric, not just people are dying, blah, 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 but like, you know, what's, what is happening? What is happening to, uh, to civilization? Now, I mean, on the bright side, I guess this is the bright side. China's already kind of semi-moved through this pandemic. They're kind of getting back to work and that kind of thing. So like the entire supply chain of the whole world won't fall apart if they keep, if they can get back to the factories. Yay. Yeah, so that, you know, so, but they have, though, oh my gosh, I mean, their government has like a ton of money, so they could just feed them to stay home mm -hmm. for a really long time. 
but then they're not selling the products. So that is, um, that is a massive uh, interruption in, in economy. Um, and, I, and I realized that, like, how, how many, <laughs> how much time until the Apple iPhones aren't made till America goes berserk? Maybe that'll take it. You go, oh, I don't care if I die of COVID, but I really wanted to upgrade my iPhone. You know, I have had it on my list. I almost got a new iPhone in February, but I didn't. My iPhone battery can barely hold a charge. And I really do want the new iPhone 11, the one with the three cameras, because I just- Yeah, because it's rad. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about just ordering it and seeing if it will come and I can, you know, I can upgrade my own phone probably. I don't need to go to the Apple store. Yeah, I know how to do it. I'm really good at it. Because you're experienced. Yeah, but I'm, I'll help you. I'll help you. Okay, good. Well, then in that case, I'm going to get one. <laughs> you know what? I should too, because my six sucks. So <laughs> it's a six too. It's lame. It's but it's a nice size. I've always liked it because it's the six S. You know, it was. Remember, it was the number was for Steve Jobs. I think the S. I did not know that. It was right after he died or something. Gosh, is my phone really that old? Holy well, God. your phone is old. And then mine, I only got my first 6S when already like the 7 and 8 were out because that's the way I roll. I'll buy yeah. like the older model. But then <laughs> this, this whatever rendition of my phone, I have gotten it wet twice. Um, I was at, I got like, I put it in a bag and like a piece of ice melted on it. And then... <laughs> when I was in Nevada city at my favorite activity ever, which is the flower essence, flower essence society. And I was, I'm taking my course and I dropped my phone in the Lotus pond <laughs> and I was so mad and I was like, Oh, forget it. And then at one point, wait, like I, I did, I had insurance, but then I was going to make a claim and they're like, it doesn't count if you drop it in water, whatever. So I've had like three iPhones of the sixes in the rose gold color. So yeah, I really want an 11 also. So if I get back like half of my deposits for all the things that I'm not doing this year, yeah, buy myself a damn iPhone. Exactly, all that cash is rolling in, all those canceled trips. Oh my gosh, so many. Okay, well that just convinced myself. Uh, Plus okay. I might have to give to like every fundraiser of all the people that aren't working. But besides that, I should get an iPhone 11. <laughs> You know, I, yeah, there's so many fundraisers, like there are, there's uh, individual restaurants are doing fundraisers for their own employees, I've noticed. Oh, and then there's some really cool things where people are donating money to restaurants where they buy the food or they make the food and then they take it to local hospitals for the nurses and doctors. Have you seen that happening? Now that's a really cool thing. So like you and I could donate to some fund and they, it would buy food at a restaurant, so it keeps the restaurant up and running, and then they deliver it to the hospital for the nurses and doctors, so they don't have to buy their own lunches. Oh my God, that's amazing. So check it out. I just, right before we started this show, Sydney, my daughter Sydney, sent me the link to the, the GoFundMe for her restaurant that didn't close. It's doing takeout, but they had to lay off almost everybody, this beautiful, um, Thai restaurant in Japantown called Nari. So she just sent it to me and she said, mom, can you share this on all your social media? And I'm like, yeah. So I'm sharing it on the podcast too. And we'll put it in the link and I'll send it to you, Sharla. Cool. That's really great. 
yeah, I just, I, I love that idea. I really worry about all the restaurant workers and the people, you know, the other thing is people who owned restaurants, the big restaurant chains, they'll be fine. They have tons of money. I mean, some of the big restaurant chains, they're like publicly traded companies. You know what I mean? Applebee's. But then I'm thinking about like some of our local favorite restaurants, like Essen in Danville, California. Essen is owned by Essen and her husband, and they own two other restaurants. So they have three restaurants. And you know, the thing is, when you're a small business person, you tend to reinvest the profits back into your business. So like, that's where your, your money is, your, your nest egg. You don't usually also have like, I don't know, mutual funds or something. You just keep pouring the money back in. So yeah. And also, and what is strange, um, change from having the most insanely booming economy, especially here in the Bay. Like, so that's why the waiters servers are doing so well. Sydney and her friend, oh my gosh, I can't, I shouldn't mention this. It's her business, but they're making 90 to a thousand dollars a year as servers because the tips are so high because not only people get like insane amounts of food, they also buy very expensive wine. So the tips are very high. And to go from that, this like booming business to yeah. cutting back to takeout and having your massive staff cut off. I mean, yes. a good, good God. So that's why it's so sweet that this uh, owner, and I'm sure many of them are saying, we have to pay our people. What are they going to do? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's true. Um, okay. Well, let's see. I thought we could finish. You want to take a break and yeah. then as usual, we'll come back with our list of upbeat fun things that we have been doing. Okay, babe. These are not just ideas. These are things we have actually engaged in. Super fun, hold on. Okay. Okay, so We've been doing some pretty entertaining things at home besides opening up a bottle of wine at 5.30 or 6 and, you know, basically inhaling it. Bob's really into his um, Manhattans and he was making, he actually calls his drink the Benny because he has a twist of lemon and not a cherry. Um, but he, it's like gasoline. So he makes a drink. And it's a little bit tasty because it has that, what's that called? The, um, uh, the spirit, something. Yes, I should know this. It is actually one of my favorite drinks. I'm not okay. interested in it. But so then he makes it and, you know, does, you know, the shaker and everything. And I have like three sips and I'm on the ground. So I was like, okay, dude, you're having that because you're going to make me into the biggest lush. So I go back to wine and then we play trivia three nights a week so so far we're on two trivia teams one plays twice a week and one plays once a week and it's so much fun bob and i wrote the questions for one of them and we had you know kind of bigger questions that could have been more general like asking about nba and who played something something like you know specific things but then we went down to like micro oakland <laughs> what's the name of like a restaurant on Lakeshore? No, sorry. What's the owner? What's the oh. owner's name at uh, Shakewell Restaurant? Which some of them knew. He goes, hey, I'm an investor. But that was a joke because they just go there so much. And then um, is Lake Merritt 
salt water or fresh mm. and i thought it was brackish and everybody thought it was brackish but we looked it up it's literally salt water because it comes straight from the bay the, um no the estuary the estuary yes so anyway that is the kind of stuff we're doing online it's hilarious everyone cracks up everyone's drinking unless you know some people are, are not because they have better things to do or they have to get up in the morning <laughs> for work oh i just made a funny face anyway the, so what and what have you been doing charla okay well we were kind of excited because our neighbors came over we hadn't seen them since this all started so we organized um dinner i mean wine not dinner so they came over we sat outside we organized that they brought their own wine they bought, a they bought a bottle of wine, they brought their own glasses, and they even brought their own snacks. And so we sat like 10 feet apart and caught up. So that was, that was really fun. We've had some cocktail hours online on Zoom, but this, this was really fun to actually see them. That's nice. My husband has been very creative. He has been getting, um, going online and finding things, and then we watch them on our television via Apple TV. So one thing that he found one night during dinner, he's like, do you want to just watch something different? I'm like, yes. So he pulled up the website of the Musée d'Orsay in Paris, and we just looked at paintings. You know, they're mainly impre impressionists, the post-impressionists. And we would like try to guess who the painter was or we would yell out the title. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Then last night, he found this website that's called openculture.org. And it's basically a bunch of links to free content, everything from books to movies. And so we here's some things we watched. They were mainly shorts. One of them, was a very upsetting animation that was dreamlike and terrifying of a woman on a train. And it was really upsetting. And I was like, okay, that was a bad one. You know, pick something else. That was from Canada. Somehow we were on a bunch of Canadian television. Next, um, we found a documentary about a flamenco class that was being taught. And it was fantastic. And it too was in Canada. It was, you know, the home, the, my home country. It's a very good place. Yes, they have a lot of interesting kind of like public television. All right, then we watched um, a W.C. Fields short called "The Dentist," where W.C. Fields plays the world's worst dentist, and it was only his second talkie. So we watched that. Yeah, so it was just like a bunch of random shorts. And so we're going to go back there tonight and just see what else is on open culture. Oh, I have a suggestion for you. Sydney told me about this um, TV show about these white trash guys who live in a trailer park and go to jail every episode. Um, and they live in Nova Scotia. And it's called... Oh. It's called something. I'm going to look it up before the show's over and we're putting it in the notes. We watched one and Bob and I are like falling over. It's so funny. That sounds great. Well, you know, we, my husband and I also, we went back to a Netflix TV show that we had started watching. Um, it's about this gasoline station in the middle of Saskatchewan. 
I, what's it called? Something you said too to me, and I keep forgetting. Called uh, Corner Gas. Corner Gas. Corner Gas. And it's like there's a gas station, and then there's a cafe that's attached to it. And everyone in the town is eccentric and a character. And, um, and it's very cute and funny, and it's real down home. You know, it's a little bit like watching Andy of Mayberry or Andy Griffith show. It's got that vibe. You know, it's like this small town. Yeah. He knows he, and, you know, tiny things just get blown up out of proportion. Yeah, corner guests, highly recommended. I have a question for you. You just mentioned Mayberry, and I have, it was in our quiz last night, our trivia last night. What does RFD stand for? Rural Free Delivery. Oh, is that because you're from the Midwest and you know stuff like that? It could be, yes. I, I mean, I think I've actually got relatives who have an RFD address, or they used to, who lived on the farm. Yeah. Right. No, I've been to lots of farms, but I didn't know about the RFD part. And I'm a little young for, um, for Mayberry. Um, I did watch it in reruns, but I was more like Gilligan's Island. <laughs> well, listen, if you need me to be on your team, I can be the person that you text. No, we don't have that. We have no lifeline. No lifeline. <laughs> you have to answer the damn questions and no texting and no Googling or you are just out on your ass. Like that's the way it is in a normal um, uh, trivia bar experience. But I mean, how can you enforce that on Zoom? It's the honor system. And if some motherfucker is cheating, then that's on them. You just kick them off the meeting. They're out. No, no, I wouldn't know. But I'm saying is if they, if they cheat, then that's, they're just bad people. <laughs> but I wouldn't know. Do you understand? So we play with fairly close friends who yes. understand the such thing, thing as integrity. Yes. Well, it's really, it's more fun. It's not that much fun to cheat at a game like that. You know, it's, it's not just, fun at all. It's stupid. Hey, tell me about something you were going to do. I guess I'm going to do it with you. City Arts and Lectures. Right. So this season, uh, a few, I keep getting my emails from City Arts and Lectures, which is a fantastic program in San Francisco on Hayes Street that uses this place called the Norse Theater. And I swear to God, I've never been to a place that has shorter toilets and shorter toilet stalls. So I guess because it used to be a school for girls. So when I go in there... I, I mean, I'm really, I'm five foot ten. I go in there and when I sit down, like there's no way that my head is all the way down. It's really weird for me, but they, they haven't upgraded the toilets. So but anyway, the Norse Theater and they have um, speakers and entertainers and you can be in conversation with someone like an author who just had something come out. Like I saw, right. hold on, I saw Omnivore's Dilemma. Oh, Michael Pollan. Michael Pollan. I've seen Ira Glass do a whole thing um, from This American Life. So you and I are going to see something that we can't remember. So we're going to look it up. <laughs> and I'm going with Sydney to see um, Gia Tolentino, whom I love. She's a writer and a feminist, really hot chick who's amazing. And they had to cancel it, but they're doing it all on Zoom. So I'm just leaving my tickets with them, still going to see them. Charlotte and I are going to our mystery show because neither of us can remember what we buy. It was months ago. You know what? You probably don't even remember. Maybe two or three years ago, I got us tickets to Roxanne Gay. 
And I think it was even before you had read Roxanne King. I had not. And we both canceled at the last minute. We're like, uh, I don't know, it was raining and we didn't want to go into the city or whatever. So I was kind of bummed when I, later I was like, oh yeah, we should have done that. Ah, the only time I've been there is I saw Rebecca Solnit speak right after Trump got elected. And that was a really good time to hear her speak. She was very inspiring. Yeah, you know what? Follow her on Facebook, Solnit. She reads a poem to everybody uh, live once a day. I did. I came across that. It was delightful. Yeah. Rebecca Solnit is an incredible, I'm telling everybody, she's a feminist author who rocks. She wrote a book called All the Things Men Have Told Me. What's it uh, called? Things Men Tell Me. We're getting warm. We're getting warm. So well, let's not, I'm going to write that in our notes too. Yeah. Um, uh, the notes of this podcast, plus we'll put them on our Facebook group, facebook.com backslash uh, is it STFU podcast? I don't remember. Charlotte Danielle podcast at facebook.com backslash Charlotte Danielle podcast. Correct. Um, she has a new book out, which is actually a memoir and she's going to be reading from it. Um, at, okay. So here's another fun things going on. There's a group called Writers by Writers, which includes Pam Houston. I think it was actually Pam Houston's idea. And she has organized a bunch of reading by authors who had books coming out, who are doing book tours, all of which have had to be canceled. And so I went to the one that she had, oh gosh, it's actually today, it's on Thursdays. There's one coming up tonight, but like Lydia Yuknovich is going to be on in a couple of weeks. Love her. A book out called Verge that you have read. But along the way somewhere, Rebecca Solnit's going to be there. So yeah, people, check out Writers by Writers. And you can have an online Zoom experience with some of your favorite authors. Oh, and I'm going I'm to give another plug for Zoom stuff. Everyone's favorite smart ass, J.P. Sears, who's the red-haired guy who is woke as fuck, right, and all the other things he says, and he's having a comedy show every single Friday, and I believe that he is collecting admission because I he's out of work too, um, and that, is that delightful? Is that yeah. not delightful? He, I'm going to try to go Friday unless I probably have, I probably have trivia. <laughs> Hey, I also saw, okay, you know the actor John Krasinski? Oh, yeah. He was on The Office. Now he's on Jack Ryan. He started a YouTube channel, and it's got a name like Good News Channel or something, something. And so he is having people on. Um, he had Steve Carroll on as his first guest. And... Um, you know, and plus, he's just so adorable to look at. Anyway, so he's got a whole new YouTube thing. It's all about, it's good news, things to make you feel better. Oh, uh, you know what I hoped, hoped, I hope, um, what's the guy, what's Zach Galeanophicus? Can he please come back with more Fern shows in this era? That'd be fun. Yes, I know. 
that would be good. Yeah, there are a lot of things like that. People need to get on YouTube and start filming. Absolutely. My mom told me that the fourth season of The Crown had to stop filming. Thank you, coronavirus. And it's unclear whether they're just going to go ahead and air whatever they've got or if they're going to wait and try to finish the season or what. Yeah. Uh, you know I'm what? Like really in my royal stage. I, I watch every single thing about them. So I was hoping it was going to come back. Eventually it will. But um, another thing I'm finding so hilarious is on, we have a couple of cable channels, you know, that are all basically sports and like there's no sports right now. So they're just running like the best NBA games in history, or they're doing like one really good one from every year um, for a team. And so like my husband's been watching like old Boston Celtics games from like the 1980s when we lived there, you know, like. Well, why doesn't he call Bob and they can watch it together. They can choose one that's a Lakers Celtics game because then you see you see the best of the best uh, magic versus larry yeah that yeah honestly that would be great because they were such rivals there for those few years yeah there's oh there's a really good documentary about them because larry bird said that when um magic had to leave the game because he had, was hiv positive right. he just cried he's like but i i'm playing i want to play my rival like they were good friends yeah, that's true. They were. Yeah, yeah but it's really hilarious because my husband loves to, he watches these on his iPad while he takes a bath and drinks beer. <laughs> so I'll be walking by and I'll hear like, Larry Bird, score. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in there? And then I realize, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Oh, and then you know what else Bob does? So, of course, there's an entire golf channel. So he watches really old golf matches. Yeah. And still loves them. He's like, oh, honey, this is the part when what's his name gets a birdie. And he goes, oh, this is a really good one with Tiger. And this is a really good one with Jack Nicholas. And I like, it's so funny. <laughs> okay. First of all, getting excited about golf is just inherently funny. No, I'll tell you something. Sometimes he talks me into coming down there to watch something when it's the last, when it's the two leaders coming into their last couple holes. It's kind of right. good. Okay, that part. Okay, maybe that is suspenseful. I'll get. I'll give him that. I feel like golf is one of those things. It's probably more fun to play than to watch, though. Well, like watching. No, it's like watching paint dry. That's it. And actually actually just playing it might be the same i'm not sure no no they love it so let me give you the perspective of golf freaks and how much they love it they're hitting a ball that's okay so tiny um hundreds upon hundreds of yards and trying to get it in a little hole right. and some they are so good and so precise they know what when they hit it they know if it's going straight or right or left Okay. When the guys are watching it before Golf Channel shows the trajectory with the yellow line, oh, uh -huh. they know where the player hit it. It's pretty amazing. It's a very, um, it's a technique and precision thing, and they're really into it. Plus, he says that um, when he plays with his friends, it's like four hours of therapy. 
they all just talk yeah or goof off i think they don't really talk that much because they're men which is why it'd be fun if they came on our show and actually talked about why why they, they won't do talk. that right but they talk about whatever they shoot the shit and then they finish and they have a beer and then they, and they come cool. home and they, they're it's like they're pretty stoked it's their bonding experience oh plus bob walks six miles because he won't take a cart yeah that's really good well you know in the tv i mean the walt the uh, wc fields movie we watched last night there's this episode where he goes out golfing and there's a bizarre hole where the, the they have to like hit the ball onto this island that's in the middle of a pond. And then to get out there to play the hole, they have to get in a boat to do it. So at any rate, he's trying to hit his ball onto this teeny tiny little island and he misses like the, the ball goes into the water about five times. Then he gets really mad and he throws um, his uh, club into the water. Then he throws all of his clubs in, and then he throws the caddy into the water. <laughs> so over the top. Everything feels. He's pretty, he's so annoying. You know what? You know what? Well, so what? When I convince Bob to come on our show, because he said he would do it, he can tell us about the Zen of golf, and he can also tell you every word of Caddyshack. Excellent. Um, and and the deeper meanings. All right, listen. Let's just schedule Bob. You know, because <laughs> my husband at the moment hasn't committed to coming on the show, and I think Bob could probably be a totally great guest. Oh, he can carry it. Yeah. All right. So we'll schedule him maybe for the next one if we can. We'll get schedule him. him. And if if you just let me keep talking, I'm going to keep talking. So let's not do that. And I have like at least three more things to do today. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, listen, it's been great to see you and chat and catch up. And um, yeah, well, once again, we have another podcast that we can share with the world. And we know that everyone needs something right now. So probably everybody's listening to our podcast. This might be our breakthrough moment. Sharla, this is it. Sharla, you were born to do this. You were born to do this. All right, All my right. dear. All right, hon. Be well. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Kisses. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. You can get more information about it on facebook.com backslash Sharla Danielle podcast. Thank you.